The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro Eastside and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro Eastside. And Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. Yes, happy weekend right back at you, my here friend. Here we go, another episode of Open House with Team Reba. Go on on five years yes. now. Coming up on that big anniversary. Yep. Well, we it's almost like we're married. to talk about. I, probably not. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, is so many of the conversations are somewhat um, redundant, but they always have a slightly different flavor. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, I feel like we take a pasta dish and just try different kinds of sauces with it all right. the time. Well, <laughs> so it's new recipes Yet with similar ingredients. Well, market's going up. Here's what you do. Market's going down. Here's what you do. Right. Well, because you know what's always so funny is how much, you know, we, we've seen the ups and downs of real estate. And you and I get asked, no matter what's happening in the market, the exact same questions. Mm-hmm. Is now a good time to buy? Right. Should I refinance my house? Should right. I, you know, right. uh, you know, what are the right things to do to prepare my house for sale? How right. do I buy a house and sell my house at the same time? You know, like... And, because it doesn't matter what the market is doing. It's the same issues for the customers right. no matter what. I was thinking about that the other day. It's like if you go back like a year ago, we're having a conversation mm-hmm. with some folks. I just don't know if now is the best time to buy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're going to go into a recession and, and house prices oh, are yeah. going to be a lot lower. And it's like, man, they've done a nothing. time machine. Yeah, they've all gone up. <laughs> just <laughs> at least this time. I mean, again, we say this all the time. you got to have a good perspective of history mm-hmm. and pay attention to it so we know. Mid two thousand seven to about twenty ten. Yeah, that's that was right. those were the dark days, at least right. The most recently, and everyone kept thinking it was going to happen now. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm I'm, you know, queuing this up for you because we're about to do a market rate update. Right. Because everyone went, oh man, I don't know, I don't know if I want to do this now. Where the housing market's about to crash. Well, even the experts mm-hmm. said that core logic. Which yeah. is which is one of the the yeah. biggest predictors of of real estate markets. Yeah, at the beginning of COVID, predicted that home prices would be down six point six percent over the year. Mm-hmm. They just yesterday updated their predictions, and uh, and they they couldn't help them. So they they never really said, oh, we got that wrong, we messed up." You know, the headline is house prices are up. 4.9% year over year, yep. not down 6.6%. Mm-hmm. So we got 11 point, 11, 11 point variance there. Yeah. But now they're still kind of hedging their bets a little bit, saying, oh, we still think they're going to be down about 1% year over year. Now that's talking about house prices nationally, not right. locally. Locally, you know, take We've everything you read up. nationally and just throw it in the trash. <laughs> because what's happening, happening Round locally. Round file that sucker. Yeah, really. <laughs> They just don't correlate. No, it's true. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at the market watch that, you know, that we bring up all the time. And when I'm doing Facebook lives, I take this and I'll, I'll post it on occasion. So people see, in fact, I'm actually needing to send it to a client right now because we just missed out on a multiple offer situation. And here's what was goofy. They were like, so three offers, everybody going, not a lot, but a little bit over asking price, nothing over 5%, but still going over asking price. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm talking to the it's a parents and a you know adult child all doing this together, and he's like, well, I don't understand why would why would the one that has thirty percent down went out over us? It's it's basically it's all cash at the end anyway. Mm. And yeah. I, yeah, you it's and called, I. It's called risk. Yes, it's exactly. Risk. And that's Which, what I was trying to explain to him. Yeah. And I said, look, a 5% down loan is a higher risk probability. Mm, lots more things can go wrong. Exactly. With 5% down. Yeah, appraisal, every, you know, so many things, right? right? Mm-hmm. Versus a 30%. Because as you and I both know right now, there could be the potential of an appraisal waiver mm-hmm. with that much down payment. Absolutely, there is. Right? There's no appraisal required at all. Right. Yeah, we're seeing that quite a bit lately. Right. Whereas compared to the 5%, I got to deal with that. And so what I'm going to be sending to them as a follow-up is this little market watch from the Northwest Multiple because you and I have said this now for the last, uh, I think it's what, three weeks, I think. Um, we've been over 4,000 pending sales a week. Right. Consistently, super, super strong, very, very strong, and and they don't pace with the actual solds, right? Mm-hmm. Like right now, when I'm looking at it, because this is, you know, having just hit the end of month a few days ago, you mm-hmm. know, or within the last week, um, you you and I both know there's a lot of people who try and hit end of the month, mm-hmm. and so that always skews some of the numbers too on the solds compared to pendings, sure. right? Because there's a higher volume there. So like looking at this, it was. Um, 4190 pendings compared to 2830 solds. Hmm. So there's always fallout. Yeah, of course. Right? And it's it's That's typically lot, running though. about That's a 30 a days. Yeah. Right. But and this is actually up on the solds yeah. as compared to the pendings for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So I'm I'm sending this over to this parent to say I need you to understand that this is the dynamic cuz what is the reason those things fall out? inspections as you and i both know and lots of financing that. and financing or because of the market we have i have seen more and more frequently now buyer got cold feet do you yeah. remember when we had that yeah. before yeah 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 that was back when we had the run up before the housing crisis that's right because yeah. people were freaking out because we we had that huge mm-hmm. surge on pricing because we were doing 12 to 35 percent a year mm-hmm. appreciation for about three four years mm-hmm. And people were like, there's no way, there's no way. And it just kept going and going, right? Until, mm-hmm. of course, all the stupid loan things hit. Mm-hmm. But we're doing the same thing here. And, you know, I, I was trying to explain to this gentleman, too, that it's like this number of over 4,000 per week, you know, we've got about three weeks into it or so, maybe four. But that's record even since April 2012. We haven't seen these kinds of numbers Mm-mm. consistently like this. For this long. I mean, we've had a run-up for eight years. Right, right. It's crazy. But this one still does not feel like a bubble. No, and, and it's partly because we're also still only at five. Mm-hmm. We're at roughly around 5%. Like, we, we went down. We went from, you know, that big run-up to our downturn of that small period of time. You know, uh, felt like a long time at that point, but it was only three years. Mm-hmm. Whereas now we've had eight years of positive growth, mm-hmm. and those have been... Eight to fourteen percent, and in micro markets, sometimes upwards of twenty-five. Right. You talk about the East Side, Bellevue, yeah. west of four hundred five. Yeah, anything that was right around some major tech centers, mm-hmm. things like right. that, that really got to benefit from all those large incomes. But you know, now we're seeing those benefits out in areas like Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Tacoma's grown like mad, big time, like you know, twenty percent a year yeah, in certain markets. Yep. So it's yep. it's kind of surprising. But two words is why we're not in a bubble. 
Dodd and Frank. Yeah. You know, back in 2010, the Dodd-Frank bill was passed, mm -hmm. and as lenders, we cursed it and scorned it. Uh, but, oh, yeah. But I Called will, it the reason I drink. <laughs> Trid. That was part of it. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but I, will, I will admit uh, that it has made our, our housing market the strongest that it's ever been. Yep. And leading up to COVID, we had the lowest foreclosure rates in, in recorded history, mm -hmm. you know, for the, for the country. So yeah. as... As we go through COVID, uh, you know, foreclosure rates are really not rising dramatically, partly because there was a forbearance program that came into place yeah. to, to help prevent that. And as we get out of this COVID, it's it's going to you know continue to see that market improve. Uh, right now, the delinquency rates are not that bad. They're they're amazingly good right now, and and we can thank some of mm -hmm. the. The good solid lending, you know, that happened over the yes. last decade. You know, the other thing I will also say that I think um, helped contribute to that, at, at least locally, mm -hmm. um, a lot of, and this is anecdotal, of course, but I have a feeling that it was, um, you know, led by the housing crisis itself. I did start seeing, you know, because we always talked about, you know, you have to have dual income and things like that to be able to afford around here. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you. More and more people I worked with over the last eight to ten years because of the housing crisis frequently bought based on one person's income, mm -hmm. knowing they had a dual income home right. because they wanted to have that safety net. Yeah, right? it was a rational conservative uh, thing yeah, to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and plus – People don't want to be owned by their things, mm -hmm. and people still want to have. You know, one of the things we talk about why it's so popular here is because of the you know the way the lifestyle is, right? Mm -hmm. So this is a great quality of life here, and people want mm -hmm. to be able to you know right. enjoy it. But, but and so why you can they... use that other income for all the other stuff you want sure. to go do. But why did they make that decision now compared to two thousand three, leading up to two thousand six? Back then, you know, we saw. Dual incomes being used to qualify, mm -hmm. low down payments, zero down in many cases, mm -hmm. because the mindset was different then. The mindset was mm -hmm. prices are going to keep going up and they're never yeah. going to stop going up. Yeah. So I can take this chance. I can take this risk because mm -hmm. if I have to sell in six months, it's going to be worth way more anyway. Right. But now. Yeah. And some people were buying speculatively specifically oh, for that too. Big time. It was happening like entire yeah. subdivisions like in other, oh, yeah. other states. You know, you go down mm -hmm. to. Florida or, yeah. or Arizona Nevada or Arizona. Nevada. Yeah. yeah. But, but now, you know, we have folks, they've, they've got that crisis in their rearview mirror. They're thinking, mm, I don't want to get stuck in that situation. Mm -hmm. I am going to be more conservative. Yeah. And, and so that, that changed the be. mindset. Yeah. It really did. It made a difference. Yeah. Made yeah. a big, big difference. Yeah. But yeah. you and I were just talking earlier this week with a past client who contacted me via Facebook Cool. You know, so for all you listeners out there, you know, I'm on all kinds of social media and Facebook being one of them. And I got a lovely message saying, hey, I'm thinking about doing a refi. Would love yeah. to talk with you about it. And so I drag your Immediately. pretty little radio yeah, face I, in <laughs> on head. a Zoom call. That's right. And, um, and, you know, had a great strategy session with him. And those rates were amazing that you were, you know, talking yeah. to him about. Yeah. So I figured, why don't we, uh, can you jump on in with some rates? Do we got enough time to get sure. him in? We got just just enough time, but then after the break, I want to talk about some of the whys behind that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so here's here's the national averages mm -hmm. uh, for interest rates right now. Uh, conventional thirty year fixed rate loan, the national average is two point eight one percent. That's crazy. 
And if you wanted an FHA or a VA loan, mm-hmm. the national average is 2.25%. That's insane. Jumbo rates are down around 3.65. And I think Still we've got good. some that are even quite a bit lower than that. 15-year fixed rates are 2.38%. I just quoted one uh, this afternoon with a, with a couple of points mm-hmm. at 1.75%. They're ridiculous wow. right now. Wow. So I want to talk Love a little it. bit more about yeah, some of the things going on with that as we come out of this uh, next break. So yeah. stay tuned. Uh, we've got more Open House with Team Reba. We'll be right back. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial. And I'm Reba Hess from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from mm-hmm. what time? Two to Two three. To three <laughs> Did you ask us? You didn't remember. No, I'm just making sure. <laughs> Two to three o'clock. And Sundays from three to four o'clock. I always get that backwards. Saturdays, 2 to 3 o'clock. And you can always catch us anytime on podcast. And we're everywhere. Yes, we are. So Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iTunes yep, Ask yep. Alexa. Siri probably knows. Yeah. Oh, Siri doesn't we're know all much. Place. Yeah, yeah, well, that's your problem, not yeah, mine. I know, I know. Yeah. Every time I'm talking to somebody in my office, I go, are you serious? And then it Pops starts up. like recording things. Nice. You know, can the I? The worst part about Siri, no, I got to tell you this. My brother has a voice that's very similar to mine. And right. he has this bad oh, habit no. now. Oh, no. We'll be in the same room. He's like, hey, Siri, play Nickelback. And then my stupid phone starts playing Nickelback. It's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, very embarrassing. Yes, yes. You and your brother do have a similar voice. Imagine that. You grew up yeah. together. Oh, but, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's so funny. Can I just tell you an awesome story about my Samsung Note 8? And this is not because I'm getting paid by Samsung for this. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, I'm holding my phone up and, like, just, just waving it. At, keep it uh, away from Eric. me in case it catches on fire, okay? No. You know what? Here's the amazing thing about this. A few weekends ago, I was out on my boat. This was the weekend that my dog nearly died, right? Yeah. So I, I, we haven't even told my listeners about the, all that fun, gory crap. But um, anyway, I had gone to shore with him at night, so it was dark, and I didn't realize that it had fallen out of where I you know, was hanging on to it. Okay. And... Um, so it was myself and one of my you know boat club friends, and we both got back from you know going to shore and back on the dinghy, and we're looking for our phones. We're like, oh no, oh no, where's where's my phone? We're like, I, oh no, where's my phone? And so the next morning, though, because everyone's like tied up out in Andrews Bay by Seward Park, yeah. Next morning, we find out one of the other people on the boat said, oh hey, you know this must be yours. So okay, he gets his back. So I'm like, okay, well, I have to take the dog to shore to do his normal potty thing in the morning. No idea where my phone is. Yeah. And another person from our group was going to shore at the same time, and he went and parked his dinghy where I was going to go because that's where I'd been the night before, but he kind of, like, cut me off, and so I had to land elsewhere. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, Glenn, can you look for my phone over there? And so he's walking up and down, you know, the little trail at Seward Park, and he's looking around and looking, and he goes, well, is anybody calling you? And I said, well, you know, James, you know, Kalafa's back there, you know, doing it. And I, I, sorry, I say his last name because I don't want anyone to think that was my ex-husband, James. <laughs> so anyway, he, he's, I was like, well, you know, James is supposed to be calling it, but I don't hear it. He goes, well, let me grab my phone. So he goes walking back to his dinghy. He's in the water, and he goes, oh, hold on, reaches down about, I don't know, 18 inches into the water, pulls up this phone, is like, is this it? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, this is 
not going to be good. Hands it to me. He goes, well, turn it on. Turned on the power. Boom. There it is. And the second I turn it on, James's phone number comes across. And I'm able to answer it. Oh, wow. It had No joke, Eric. It had been in the water 10 and a half hours. Oh, wow. And it's alive. And it, and it worked. Wow. It has not stopped working. That's incredible. The entire yeah. time. That's impressive. That's very so, impressive. Samsung. Gotta love it. There's even like a small crack on my screen, and it still didn't have any water penetration. It was amazing. Holy cow. I was super, super excited. So thank you, Samsung. Wow. And wow. the Note 8, which is no longer even, I think they're like on Note 10 or 11 or something like that now. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. So, but this is an awesome, awesome little Pre- tablet. Incredible. That's, that's impressive. Yes. That's impressive. Yes. Equally impressive. Yes, is the rates stuff. Let's <laughs> get back to it. Yeah. Just, I, I just want to put these rates into perspective. Yes, please you know, do. Because for the first for most people, they can't imagine it. Yeah, they're I mean, not doing fast math in their head. No, it's they're they're really something else, and and the really the key word is affordability. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for the first time in my career, we're quoting fifteen-year fixed rates in the ones. Yeah, and that's just un, unheard yeah. of. Well, it's, I've, I've literally never seen it my, my entire career. I know that's what so. we were joking about when we had my client on the Zoom calls. I was like, yeah. he's been doing loans as long as you've been alive, and he's thirty-seven. <laughs> Well, all right. So maybe maybe two years off, but still, that's enough. Yeah. And, and and of course, where we came from, you know, my my first home was at uh, you know fifteen percent. Yeah. And I, I refied down to eleven and a half and mm-hmm. celebrated. You know, yeah. now look at where we're at. Look at where we're I at know, right it's now. Nuts. You know, so a year ago, interest rates on a thirty-year fixed rate were around four point one to five percent. You know, four four to four point one. You know, now we're you know for a thirty-year fixed rate hovering just right around two point seven five percent. So I thought I'd put that into perspective, you know, compared to a year ago, mm-hmm. if, if, if you had a $1,500 payment a year ago, that would buy you a loan amount of $314,000. i am rounding roughly here. Right. Today, that same payment will buy you $367,000, over $53,000 more buying power. Nice. If you had a $2,000 payment, you would have gone from 419 a year ago to 490,000 this year almost $71,000 that is substantial difference. if you had a $2500 payment which i see all the time you would have gone from 523,000 a year ago to 612,000 that's mm-hmm. almost $89,000 right. in additional buying power for the exact same monthly payment and just for fun at $3,000 a month you would have gone from 628,000 to $735,000, almost a little over $106,000 in increased buying power. And it's it's the rates. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean... 100%. We, you and I talk about it all the time because mm-hmm. a lot of people, they want me to go and negotiate like five or $10,000 on the price. I went, how about we talk about the interest rate you're being quoted? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about which products you qualify for. That's right. Because that makes so much more of a difference than anything else. Or even getting, if, if possible, some closing costs from a seller in a negotiation so that you can apply them towards discount points to buy yes, down your rate. Totally. I mean, totally all of that it. is so, so much more relevant than like, can I get $5,000 at the price? Because like you used that example earlier this week in that conversation with our client of for every $1,000, what it was like four $4.50. Four dollars and fourteen cents. Yeah, difference for every thousand at, with the rates as low as they are right yeah, now. Yeah, it was nuts. So yeah. you know, and that was the thing is I was talking to um, the gal who we just missed out on the multiple offer situation, and 
we were doing the escalations and this house started at 455 and I said, well, you're going to go in $2,000 increments. So let's just go ahead and do 457 because we already know that other offers are above asking. Let's just yeah. start there with your first increment. And so let's go to, you know, I suggested she go to 475 to 480 and she'd probably win it. Yeah. And she, you know, then she came back weirdly enough and said 472. And I went, uh, why 472? <laughs> Well, I just want to make sure I can afford the payment. Okay. And I went, well, that's like not even 20 bucks difference really in price. (laughs) It's like around. And she goes, oh, is it? And I went, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, and she goes, oh, oh, okay. All right. And then um, the other thing was that, well, I'll get into this a little bit later, but you know, we, we, then she goes, well, no, now I want it to be 470. And I'm I'm like, where are you coming up with this rationale? And I, She's never bought a house before. I'm like trying well, to figure out where her rationing. She wants to save that eight dollars and twenty eight cents. Yeah, and so the other thing that she'd asked about was what the potential rent situation could be on this house. Well, it just so happens the people selling it had used it as a rental for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and I went and found out that they were uh, getting twenty three hundred a month in rent, um, and they had gone under what the market had been about twenty five hundred. Yeah. Which, when you're saying these numbers here, and I'm thinking about her loan amounts, I'm like. Yeah, she would have been able to fully cover that and probably cash flow. Right. Yeah. Given what her situation was going to be. Isn't that and, crazy? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. what, what are we trifling about here with? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. And honestly, her lender wasn't, because it, it's not you, and um, because it's a family friend that they've been using for 20 years or whatever. Yeah. But I don't think he'd even given her an update on the rates and how much more affordable it is right now for her. It's... It's it's really significant because we've been looking at I mean, stuff since May, and remember what the rates were in May. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've gone. Um, I mean, May was still coming down, but it was we were still gr- in the mid threes. But right, we were still yeah, like we were happy, happy with where they were because we it was totally like happy we were those. like three point three five, three point seven five. You know, it depended on which product. We were at what three point two five in VHA, uh, yep. VHA, uh, VA and FHA. Uh, yeah. You know, like I'm just thinking about all of those different, you know, Facebook lives that we did. And I'm like, yeah, we were tracking all of that. And it was very good. And this. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, and, and I kind of like to do for, for my clients, too, when we're looking at refinancing, I, I mm-hmm. do. It's called a, a mortgage freedom calculation. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, if you just refinance and take your payment savings and, and actually just keep making your old payment, mm-hmm. apply those payment savings to your mortgage. Yeah. Uh, you know, how soon can you be mortgage debt free? And I, I look at, like, if you took a $400,000 loan, if we use that same example going from 4.125% down to, to 2.75, you're going to save a little over $300 a month. If you just apply that 300 extra to principal on your mortgage, you'd be done in 23 years. Mm-hmm. You're going to knock seven years off the life of your loan. Yeah. You know, that's by, a lot by, by of extra the cash. the same payment you were before. Yeah. That's a lot of extra cash in your pocket. <laughs> it's huge. Yeah, it's equity. Well, you know... We always have to have that conversation, though, of like, how long do you see yourself in this home, though? How much longer sure. do you see yourself? Of course. Because yeah. someone may want to just pocket the savings. Well, and and I'll, a financial planner will have a different answer, you know, than maybe I will or, or maybe what your kind of your gut feeling or your dad mm-hmm. or your dad has, yeah. you know, because a financial planner will say, make the lower payment, take the difference, mm-hmm. your savings, right. and put it in the market. And, uh, yeah. you know, because... Over the course of 23 years, can you get a rate of return that's going to be better than 
2.75%. Right. Probably pretty good odds that you could. Right. You know, I'd almost, I'd almost go one step different than that and say, let's save up for a down payment for your next home. Right. Exactly. And, and that's what we do have some people doing right now. Absolutely. I've had a lot of people who, because they had, you know, bought in the last two to five years and had mortgage insurance, mm-hmm. they're doing refis right now, benefiting from getting the MI off, mm-hmm. plus getting the lower interest rate. Exactly. And now they're pocketing that extra funds and or paying down other debts. Or like the gentleman you and I talked mm-hmm. to earlier this week, you know, he's actually taking out a little bit of, ex- he's he's taking an old HELOC, combining it, because he was at like five something in mm-hmm. the HELOC. He was at what was it, 4% on his first, mm-hmm. he's going to get this lower payment. He's going to take out a little bit. He's still going to have the same payment levels of mm-hmm. all of that. Exactly. And he can pay for these other repairs he wants to do in his house. It's going to be awesome. That's a win-win. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Makes a huge difference. Yeah. So well, we're going to talk about more winning and how not to lose, <laughs> especially when you might be hiring that contractor with some money out of your house. Oh, scary. Yeah. All right. Stay tuned. we got more open house. <laughs> no, we'll make it not scary. <laughs> Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hassa, Team Reba, REMAX Metro Eastside. And Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And Reba, yes. somebody needs to reach you or has a question, real estate oriented. How do yes. they get in touch yes. with you? Besides the social media that yeah. I was mentioning earlier, you can uh, send if it's a generic kind of question and you just want someone from my team to be able to get back to you with something, uh, you can go to info at teamreba.com. If it's of a bit more private nature, you can go to me directly at reba at teamreba.com, and that's R-E-B-A. And uh, my cell, you can get a hold of me at 206-910-3429. Awesome. How about yourself, mister? Super easy as well. I'm also on the social media. Uh, just look up Eric is my banker. That's Eric with a C. Or you can email me, eric at ericismybanker.com. Or you can call me anytime, of course, to 206-915-ERIC, 206-915-3742. And okay. I'm the same thing. I'm kind of like a, like, a, like a priest with a calculator, you know, every financial conversation I have is confidential so I can absolve you of your financial sins hopefully you know with a nice low interest rate Uh, but uh, that's our goal so uh, you know and uh, you know like like you well like you and I this afternoon we had a Mm -hmm. a zoom meeting you know with a client I like to do those all the time it's Mm -hmm. helpful to go over documents and explain things and uh, you know so it's easy easy enough to do of course you know by phone or email or text or whatever works easiest for you so that's where we're at. We're always happy to help. Love those story problems. Love the complicated stuff. Yes, so many story problems. We well, get, we're getting a lot of. Yeah. Speaking of complicated stuff. Yes, lots of complicated stuff. Um, well, let's let's make one of the more complicated things that we ever get into, which is uh, working with contractors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I both were in agreement that we would have this conversation on air, but I'm curious what perspective you wanted to come at it with because I have, you know. Yeah. Lots of input and insight from what I come from. The finance side, are you going to be talking about like because of like rehab loans and HELOCs being used for these kinds of things or what's what's your take? Yeah, I mean, I can talk about a, a little a little bit of that because ultimately, you know, when you're embarking on a, especially a big project, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you're going to need some financing, you know, to handle that. Mm-hmm. And there's two ways to do that. You know, one way is to just pull equity out of your home based on its mm-hmm. current value. 
and you can do that with a cash out refinance where, mm -hmm. where really the most you can borrow is 80% of what your home is currently worth, including your existing mortgage. And, uh, or you can take out a home equity line of credit, a HELOC, mm -hmm. and a, a line of credit. You can, you can borrow up to 90, in some cases, 95% of the value of your home. The, the higher you go with that, though, the less attractive your loan terms will be. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to 90%, you're going to have one rate. If you went to 95, it's going to be a lot higher interest mm -hmm. rate. But lines of credit, you know, with when COVID hit, a lot of lenders backed away or suspended their operations. Yes. You know, so they're very slowly coming back into the market. But the the consequence of that is there's not as many uh, HELOC lenders out there. And so there's a long line. There's, oh, there's yeah. going to be a wait. You know, some yeah. are 90 days out before yeah. you can get uh, a loan, you know, closed. So if you're planning a project and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to just do a deck this summer and I just need a line of credit mm -hmm. for it, guess what? You're too late yeah. because we're already past summer. You know, if you started a line mm -hmm. of credit right now, you know, you might not close until Halloween. Oh, yeah, I was going to say at least October. Yeah, yeah. it's quite possible. Yeah. So you've got to keep, keep, that, keep that part in mind that some of these things are going to take some time. Well, because you need the money to be able to get the contractor, but what we keep having to tell people is, you need to get that contractor scheduled now, also as well way in advance. They've got some lead times that are well, significant. Yeah, so going back to the example of the young man you and I talked to earlier this week, he wants to do some rewiring in his house because he's in a 1940s, you know, what was originally a bungalow had a second story added to it. So it's going to be more complicated to yeah. do the rewire, right? Because you've got two completely different separately built portions of the structure. Yeah. And yeah. As he was telling us, he was getting wildly different quotes, mm -hmm. right? Anything from five thousand to twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, right. Which and is typical. Yeah. yeah, can be very typical. And I remember our commentary to him was, "Well, the couple of people that you had that were at the twenty five thousand level, that might partly have been because they just really didn't want the job because mm -hmm. they know it's going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. They're probably super slammed, mm -hmm. like most of them are right now." Yeah. And so they'd rather just price themselves out of the job. Yeah, and then if you are going to get the job, great. They'll get a nice big bonus off of you. Yeah, they're picking the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that happens and there's And time. there's more, you know, because a lot of those guys doing electrical work are doing a lot of commercial kind of stuff. Or mm -hmm. they're doing development where they get consistent, you know, regular hours, you know, a lot of stuff that is much more beneficial to them. Yeah, it's uh, – I'll give you another example. I have uh, my, my assistant, Tam, who's mm – -hmm wonderful mm -hmm. has a, a basement in her house with a, a a plumbing underground plumbing where it has to pump up to mm -hmm. the yeah. the sewer line yep and and occasionally those pumps will fail and uh, she'd been on a vacation and called me up and said hey do you you know about these things right and I go yeah I just in fact I just put one in my basement and she goes well Mine's not working, and so I ran her through. You know, is, is mm -hmm. the power working? And this, right. and that. we checked all of that. Yeah, and then she says, "Well, I've got a plumber coming out," and I'm like, "Who is oh, it?" Oh no! Oh no! And, and oh, no. I don't want to name the names on the air, don't. but but they have trucks all over the place and lots of advertising. Mm -hmm. And uh, I go, and I went, Ew. I go, that's going to be expensive. Mm -hmm. And she goes, "Really?" I go, "Oh yes. yeah." I go, "Look, don't agree to anything. Call me when they're there." And let's let's talk about it. So mm -hmm. so she calls me up. She goes, okay, they're here, and um, you know they say the pump is shot, and they need three thousand dollars to fix it. And I'm like, I'm looking online. You know, I can buy you can buy one of these pumps for 175 bucks, mm -hmm. and I know that. And so I said, 
before you agree to anything, let call call my guy. And my guy is actually is your guy, uh, Dale. Derek. Dale. Oh, Dale Arp. Who's mm-hmm. wonderful. He's yeah. just wonderful. Yeah. So he shows up at her house, and uh, she calls me later. She goes, oh, my gosh, you can't believe this. He pulled the pump out. It just needed some cleaning. He, he cleaned it up. It's working great. He mm-hmm. charged me 50 bucks. That's his hourly rate. Which, frankly, is very fair considering we have some of the highest construction labor costs in the the nation. So we're going with a reputable plumber that does tons and tons of advertising, and they Mm -hmm. look great. They have these fancy trucks around for $3,000. Or do we go with Dale, who's a licensed handyman, licensed, honest, and local, Mm -hmm. and wanted 50 bucks? Yeah. Yeah. She was so happy, just yeah. ecstatic about that. Dale's very fair. We've, we've referred him a lot. Uh, he's wonderful. But So, listeners, if you want to know Dale's information, send an email to out. info at teamreba.com and we can hook you up. Yep. Or Eric at ericisbybanker.com and yeah. I'll send you some pictures of the. He helped me with the bathroom mm-hmm. remodel that just really turned yep. out good. Uh, so, anyway, plumbing and electrical. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. they you, you have to be really, really careful you know, about those sort of things because they, mm-hmm. they can get you good. So the other one uh, that I wanted to bring up mm-hmm. when you're talking with the contractor, because they're going to be, yep, yep, we can get this done. We're just going to need a deposit uh, from you for uh, 100% of the job cost or 50% of the job cost. And then you pay us the rest when, when they're done. The more you pay them up front, um, the less likely <laughs> you are to see that job completed in a timely manner. There needs to be a bit of give and, give and take on on that, and so I'm, I'm going to agree with you on the hundred percent. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to go mm, on fifty because it depends on what you're having them do. Because sometimes when there's that fifty, it's because they're also going to buy materials and it, they need it, to be able it, to purchase them. Absolutely, it can be for materials. So because I because I have worked with contractors like Artisan mm-hmm. that you right. know that's that's his standard because oftentimes he gets put in a position where. They don't give him enough, and they start changing material costs on him. And, and then, out, yeah, like now, I say, now he's dealing with which it. Which is why I say there needs yeah. to be a little bit of give and take on that. Mm-hmm. You need to understand why do they need well, this. people need to know how it works. Right, because there are contractors out there, especially if you're mm-hmm. pulling them off of, of you know, Craigslist or something oh, God. like that. yes. That Please don't are, use Craigslist. are simply going to take you for, yeah. for a ride. Oh, yeah. Um, the other one that, that I, you know, you really need to be careful about is there's if you're signing a contract with a contractor, mm-hmm. please read it. Yes. Please, please, please read it. Because yes. it will tell you exactly what the scope of the job is. Mm-hmm. And you may think they're going to do this or that. You may think they're cleaning up. You may think they're repainting. Mm-hmm. They're going to be repatching drywall or they're yep. going to be doing all these other things. Mm-hmm. But if it's not on the contract, guess what? They don't have to do it. They don't have to do it. Well, okay, so that's a great point. Plumbers. Mm-hmm. So Eric Dow Eric, from Eric D. Plumber, uh-huh. who I have referred to a ridiculous number of people. He told me he owed me a gold toilet at one time. And I was like, ew, I do not want a gold toilet. <laughs> just I do. come That's when cool. I call. It's like, just <laughs> come when I call you. And uh, so um, he ended up at one point, I think he's continued with it, finally getting his general contractor's license. We call them GCs all the time for mm-hmm. short. And the reason being of what you're just describing, Mm -hmm. because he does tons of plumbing work and a lot of times to fix your problem, they have to cut open drywall. Oh, for sure. Right. All the time. But the vast majority of plumbers are not general contractors. Mm -hmm. 
and their contracts will state that they are not mm-hmm. fixing the framing, drywall, whatever right. else that. crud mm-hmm. that they've got to leave behind. Right. And there's it, there's a sad assumption by a lot of folks that, oh, yeah, well, of course, when they tear it open, they got to put it back together. Oh, no. Not at all. You've got to know to ask these questions. In fact, um, you know, I'm in the process of potentially starting a secondary company that's ancillary to the real estate industry. And I'm having to go through definitions of contractors Mm -hmm. and we're breaking down like all of these different sub segments and sub segments within each kind of line item. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's getting very interesting because I keep asking the software engineer I'm working with, like, how detailed should I get? He's like, well, for, you know, your minimum viable product, we just need like this category and then we can, keep adding mm-hmm. on later. He's like, don't, mm-hmm. don't get in, in the weeds deeper, on it. Deeper in there, but, yeah. but that's the whole thing is like, you know, a general contractor will have subcontractors. And so, you know, if you're working with someone like that, like uh, Luke Shemp, who is with stone and wind LLC, that's mm-hmm. someone else that we've referred quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so he's a general contractor with lots of subcontractors under him for specific other licensing but then he's got a bunch of people that are on his team that are like the framers and you know finish work and you know that kind of stuff but we're gonna get even more into some of those details when we get back because you as our listeners you want to know this good stuff right now i want to talk about the most dangerous type of contract that you can agree to so stay tuned we got more open house with team reba with team reba on am 1590 the answer Back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. So good to have you listening on this weekend. Yes, Hopefully thank you we're for giving your time. you some good and valuable information. Yes. We really enjoy doing this show. It's it's fun. It's We get out of the office. We get to talk about things that we're passionate about. Yes. And uh, probably our, our topic today is no exception you know, both, um, Reba, I know both you and I have engaged in lots and lots of different, you know, projects and remodeling projects and oh, yeah. rehab projects and things like that. On our own homes like and that. with clients. All, all kinds, <laughs> you name it, you name it. So and, many. And, and, and experience will give you that wisdom of, of things oh, yeah. to look out for and things to be careful for. Yes. And, you know, a lot of the times that came from making the wrong decisions. And I can give you some so many different examples of you know, hiring the wrong person, uh, not mm-hmm. reading the contract closely. Um, I, I remember I had one uh, renovation project over on Hood Canal, mm-hmm. and um, the contractors were super highly recommended as being completely awesome. And, uh, you know, we kind of took that on faith, mm-hmm. hired these these two contractors mm-hmm. on a time and materials contract. Ooh, bad choice. Time and materials. Bad choice. Don't do time and materials. Because Trust they take me. their time. Because they take their time. <laughs> and and the materials they buy, not all of those end up on the job site. You yes. know, we kind of learn that one the hard way yes. as well. But they'd show up in the morning and have, you know, have a good stretch mm-hmm. and cup of coffee and, and kind of talk about the day, you. you know, and check their stock prices and mm-hmm. all of that. You yep. know, they'd. So is that the dangerous one? That's the dangerous one. Yes. Time and materials. Yeah. You need to you, have a good... You, Good you, scope. You got to have some guardrails on that contract. Yes. You know, you don't want that thing to get out of control. Yes. And uh, and and. But with that said, also the other one that's kind of equally dangerous uh, when you're in a contract. Let's say you have a fixed price contract. Mm-hmm. Contract comes out, says I'm going to do the job. It's going to be 
50,000. Mm-hmm. Get the detail. You know, what, yeah. are, what are we doing? What is the scope of this project exactly? What mm-hmm. and everything is included? Uh, are, are your materials included? Are your, mm-hmm. you know, cleanup included? Here's a big one. It's 10% of the project sales tax. Is mm-hmm. that included? If it's not, it's going to get tacked on. The vast majority of them never include sales tax. You have to watch for that. Yeah. And, um, and, and then, you know, think about this. You know, I do a lot of construction. Well, a lot of and people and misread those, too, because they'll see the number, and it mm-hmm. says plus tax, mm-hmm. and there's nothing there. And so they think, oh, like inclusive. Right. It's this plus the tax right. in. And it's like, no, 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 no. Right. This, and then they will have to add tax. Right. And frankly, I think one of the reasons they don't do that most of the time is because it's sometimes still sort of an estimate. Right. And but, then they don't want to oh, like be stuck yeah. saying this is all the tax you have to pay because if that right. number changes, the tax amount changes with it. Well, of course it will by 10% or whatever, yeah. you, you know, the amount of the changes, you know, but, but we're, I'm always looking at these. And if you think about, oh, I forgot to put sales tax in, you know, what if you're building a new home and you're mm-hmm. going to spend $500,000? Now you're talking some real money oh, yeah. you know, in terms of sales tax. So you've got to be really, really careful about that. But the other one is change orders. Oh, you know? gosh, so, yes. So... Know what you want before you get into it. Well, oh my gosh! It, Holy please, cow! Please, please, please do your due diligence on yeah. that, because you you've got a, a place framed yeah. in, and all of a sudden, oh, I want to move those windows. Oh, I want to change mm-hmm. the roof line. Oh, I want to bump that wall out another couple of yeah. feet. You know, things, oh, these things are really really Cha-ching. expensive. So, so find out also what it, what's it going to cost for change orders, because mm-hmm. contractors will charge you at typically a different rate. You know when it's when it's a change because they're they're having to come back out they're doing a higher mm-hmm. hourly rate and well they're, and they're they also having check. to when you add things on you're pushing out their time window which means all the other jobs they have booked behind you are going to get impacted you got it and potentially pissing off other business yes and pro- making it go away your project will be delayed yeah so yeah. there's a lot of different factors involved that uh, just because you got this guy hired doesn't mean he's at your beck and call either. No. Like, they're not your direct employee. It's someone that you're hiring to finish a job, but they don't – it's not the same as you've hired them as an employee. Right. They're an independent contractor of you. They've that's got right. other stuff that's going on. Yep. And it, it, it gets very interesting how uh, – I can't – well, you've probably heard plenty of these stories too, but the number of people who complain and – you know, there's a, a past client of mine who was creating a software program to work with contractors so that communication could be improved. Uh, I don't know how far they've gotten that spread into the GC world, but it would be a great tool because I'm constantly fielding calls for people who are like, oh, I hired this person or like you suggested this person over here. They're not calling me back or they're not responding to my email. That's the one that gets me the most. They're not responding to my emails. Yeah. Well, they're up on a roof. Yeah, they're on a roof. They're in a crawl space. They're carrying loads of stuff and materials and they're hammering something or Mm -hmm. what. Or if they're they're, time and materials, they're having a cup of coffee. Yeah, maybe so. (laughs) But, I mean, that's the whole thing is like they're not sitting behind a desk. No. That's That's why you hired them. Right. That's absolutely right. So, you know, we always – we're constantly – I always tell my team – over communicate. You can never over communicate, really. Right. Well, you know, unless you're just 
calling to complain constantly. That's right. You and know, if you which, can't work out a solution, that's a different story. But this, this also leads to you know the next thing when you're when you're trying to pick a contractor, mm-hmm. please check their references. Yes. You, know, you will learn so much. You know from mm-hmm. recent references. You know they're going to yeah. try and leave a few out, but you know you want to mm-hmm. you want to talk to some recent projects. Yeah. How did that go? Uh, I can tell you that when we're in, when there's financing involved, if it's either a renovation loan or it's a new construction loan, um, I've had instances over over the years where uh, the the borrower and the contractors they start out you know the best of friends, mm-hmm. but you get into the project and there's disagreements mm-hmm. and they can get they can get pretty intense. Yes, um, I've had two instances recently uh, where the uh, our our customers fired the contractor. Now what do we do? We have financing. Oh we have deadlines. Uh, so the construction project comes to a complete halt until a new contractor can be brought onto the job. Ouch. Well, if you're a new contractor, how how motivated are you going to be to want to work on a project where you mm-hmm. know the owner just fired the last contractor because they couldn't get along? Yeah. You know, so it's it, it becomes very, very difficult. And what's that going to do to your price? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to discount your job to get this business or are you going to be like, mm, this thing's not going to be easy? Yeah. You know, well, and it's also going to impact potentially some of the warranties you're going to get on any of that work because if they're having to fix someone else's stuff. Because because the inspector is going to be looking at that contractor mm-hmm. of record saying this is wrong. You right. Know, well, I mean, there on. are times that it makes complete sense that someone's doing that, especially if you have a contractor who's doing things improperly. And like, mm-hmm. let's say your house gets what they call red tagged, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. especially or, you know, if and that can come from a number of things. It can come from them not doing quality work and, it's you know, the inspectors come mm-hmm. out or it could be that they didn't apply for the permits and someone from the planning department of that municipality catches you, catches mm-hmm. you doing yeah, it. That's right. You know, there's a whole bunch of things. It and that's, in fact, actually, you know what, that's another thing to be looking for in that contract. Because mm-hmm. many of them d- will say in the fine print, this is the charges not inclusive of mm-hmm. the permits. Because sometimes they don't know how much the permits are going to be Which until they're applied for. Which also could be a big ticket item. Yes. So, so another thing to be very keenly aware of is, ask, and ask this question, Who's actually going to be doing the work? Mm-hmm. Is it you? Are you subbing it out? Because mm-hmm. uh, a person who comes out and bids on a job may be confident and experienced mm-hmm. and everything, but that probably is not the person who will actually be doing the work. Right. You need to know that. You know, because if Absolutely. they're bringing in a crew that they just got, you know, out in front mm-hmm. of the Home Depot, well, that's a whole different story than right. if we've got a, you know, 40-year experienced yeah. artisan doing the work. Well, let's let's even extrapolate that a little bit into just individual types of contracting because we're talking generals, but you can have a roofing contractor or a siding contractor that they have people that just go out and do the estimates and definitely are not the people on site. Yeah. Right. They're not the workers because a lot of these firms, when they get big enough, they can hire someone or they take one of their staff who now is like maybe kind of moving up in the, in the business a little bit. And then they put them in the job of being an estimator and they'll, off they go, you know, and next thing you know, it's like, uh, that guy, he said this, but now my bill's this. What happened? That's right. <laughs> well, just be careful out there and careful with everything that you do. Stay and safe. read your contracts. Be well, read your contracts and have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks again for listening to Open House with Team Revive. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com.
Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.